travel plans to Arizona are being set. And we're going to tell you which of the Reds arriving in Goodyear for spring training will have a big bounce back year in 2023. Uh, We're going to tell you all about that and take your comments and questions on today's live Aloha Friday edition of Locked on Reds. Let's go. You are Locked on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked on Reds with myself, Jeff Carr, and my co-host, Stephen Offenbaker. We are lifelong Cincinnati Reds fans that have turned an addiction into information for you. I want to thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to us talk some Reds with you. We encourage you, if you're listening, hit us up on Twitter, but I know that you are watching right now as we are live on this Aloha Friday edition, so make sure you jump in the comments section, hit us up with your questions and with your thoughts about the Cincinnati Reds, because talking Reds is what we do, and we want to talk Reds with you. Lockdown Reds is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. We are your team every day and today i want to start by asking you a question what are you feeling about your favorite team the cincinnati reds because we are nearing pitchers and catchers reporting and with that lots of feelings are coming out whether the news is good or bad people seem to be loving or hating a lot of hate going around for our Cincinnati Reds, and some of it is warranted, but there's plenty of storylines that we want to get into, and on today's episode, we're going to talk about the guys bouncing back from injury and maybe a couple of bad performances. We're also going to talk about the young prospects who have a shot to make the team and maybe a rumor, a rumor that I'm starting to see swirl up a little bit here, Steve, but before we get into all of that, I want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. By going to fanduel.com slash locked on. And with the Super Bowl coming up, you've got the $3,000 no sweat bet. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. And Steve, where we're starting today is the bounce back bets. The guys who have been here for X amount of years. It's funny to think of like Jonathan India and Tyler Stevenson being the grizzled vets on the team, but outside of Joey Votto, that kind of are. And that's just where this roster stands. But just about everybody who isn't a rookie or a sophomore is bouncing back from some kind of injury or, or maybe some lackluster performances. And it is funny. You mentioned Joey Votto and that's where I'm going to start because mm-hmm. when we're talking about guys that need to have a bounce back year in 2023, it's Joseph Daniel Votto, you know, coming off of what we learned is a multi-year injury that he's been playing through. And he still in, had periods of, spectacular baseball during that injury. Now it wasn't always consistent and it wasn't for long stretches of time, but when he was on, he was on and showed that he could still be the guy. So my hope is a fully repaired and rehabbed Joey Votto comes into 2023 and is just an absolute uh, pitching staff wrecker for the reds. And just, uh, you know, I'm listen, I'm not expecting MVP Joey Votto. I think that might be, just too big of an ask but you know you and i have talked about pretty much since 
his injury was announced. And pretty much since we were told he was going to be done for the year last year, that we thought he was going to be the comeback player of the year this year. And I still stand by that, uh, even though we're not quite sure if he's going to start on opening day or not. Uh, it's going to be earlier in the season than, say, May, uh, unless something goes dramatically wrong between now and then. Uh, taking that into account, uh, I think that Joey Votto will have the comeback player of the year award uh in his pocket at the end of the season. And, and that really, I think for the purposes of this segment, Jeff makes him the first guy that I wanted to mention. Absolutely. Steven. And, and the biggest reason that you and I keep saying this is think about this, the, the reported injury that he had surgery to repair, which was his rotator, rotator cuff. And then they found out that he had really messed up his bicep as well, because he's been trying to overcompensate for a torn ra- rotator cuff for about five years. Cause they said the injury happened actually no, Six math is hard. Uh, it, it happened in 2015. It's more than five years. Uh, so, but that, yeah, I know it's like six, seven, something like that. I don't know. It's a number between one and a hundred. Uh, but I do know this the performances that he put up in 2016 and 2017 show me that then that's when the shoulder was still very, you know, veritably healthy and he could actually work with it. And then you see 2018 and 2019, the decline phase, as we called those years. And then the huge bounce back there at the end of 20, or, you know, halfway through 2020 and then 2021, the way that he was able to get that power back. I think with this surgery and with it cleaned up and all this other stuff, we are going to see more so the 2021 form than the 2018 2019 form and i know that everybody said oh well time is undefeated i still think that this is going to be a just revved up locomotive version of joseph daniel vada once he hits the field yeah and 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 i've learned along the way jeff and i know you have too that to never underestimate joey vado and and you talk about you know he came back up before falling back off and you know it was a little streaky you know i suspect i think You know, he finally admitted the injury was too bad to play through. There was too much going on. They went and did the work. I think that when we saw that decline again after he got really good for a while, I think that's when the bicep damage occurred. He was hitting home runs. He was playing well. He was, you know, changing his swing, adapting, compensating for the shoulder. And I think that's when he wrecked the bicep and he just couldn't push forward anymore. And I think that uh, I think that's what happened with him. But, you know, he's not the only guy in this Reds lineup that uh, could be eligible for comeback player of the year. He's not the only guy that's going to need to have a big 2023, a big bounce back uh, year for the Reds. And I think the next guy uh, that needs to be having a bounce back year and that could compete for comeback player of the year is a guy that's been on the show this offseason, And that's Tyler Stevenson coming back to play all of the positions. It sounds like thank you, David Bell for finally listening. Um, make sure you click David, the subscribe and the notification bell so that you don't miss any of our takes, David. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, the, Article that was in the Inquirer talking to David Bell about how yes we won 140 to 150 games so we're going to get him some uh, you know some games there at first base some games at DH uh, that sounds familiar. If you've been I, I feel like to- I wasn't appropriately quoted in that article. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, source uh, Stephen Offenbaker was first with this. No, yeah, um, that's how. We've been talking about this offseason for Tyler Stevenson, and that was the our number one stated goal. We knew that they weren't going to go out and sign some big-name guys and, and just completely reshape this roster with big-money free agents. What they needed to do was to take pressure off Tyler Stevenson 
for him, in order for him to get 150 games that he had to catch 150 games. He doesn't have to do that now. They have a good stable of catchers. We still need to come up with this catcher's room uh, that with Kirk Casale and Luke Maley, that he is going to be able to play 140 to 150 games, and he might only have to catch 100. And I know when he was on with us, he said he wanted to catch about 120. still think that might be a little bit too much, and I like the idea of being able to move him around a lot. So I'm expecting huge things because there's a lot of folks out there that they're like, yeah, Tyler Stevenson seems good, but like he's got durability issues. And I'm like, does he though? Does he? It's one year. Like I think we're going to see a different Tyler Stevenson this season. Oh, I absolutely uh, wholeheartedly agree with that. I think if he is able to play in 140 games, uh, we could see him hit 40 home runs. Plus, he could go over that total. He's going to be an absolute masher if he's healthy and in uh, the lineup. So I think, I think that that's the direction he's going. And I was really happy to see that article. You know, I I take my little shots that I think they're listening, and I do think they're listening, but. Uh, I, I was glad to see them saying some things publicly that in, in past years they may have been coy about and just been like, well, we're going to see how it shakes out. We're going to put the best lineup out there. We're going to like, no, they're like, we're going to get Tyler Stevenson into 140, 150 Very pointy. Yes, I, I, I'm like, all right, well, now we're doing something. So, you know, I, I appreciate them coming just straight out with the information. I love it. Yeah. I, 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 I think that that, in and of itself gives me, and it's funny because, you know, the athletic gave off season grades and things like that. And they gave the Reds a C plus. I think that the Reds deserve a B minus. I don't think that they deserve a very, very good grade, but I think that they deserve a little bit more than a C. I, I just, I think that they did some important things like that. They didn't improve the bullpen. They didn't improve the rotation or anything like that, but they improved Tyler Stevenson's standing because he is going to be an important player, not just this year, but for years to come for this ball club. Well, listen, Jeff, there's one more guy that we need to get to when we're talking about guys that could have big bounce back year, uh, a guy that we think you can bet on in 2023. And before we get to him, we're going to talk about him coming up here in the next segment. But before we get to him, I want to talk about a sponsor of our podcast today. We are so excited this year. Uh, we have added FanDuel as a sponsor of the podcast this year, the only app that you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for locked on because they're the number one sports book in America. FanDuel that's right is rated the number one sports book in America. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download, download FanDuel now so you can bet a uh, Super Bowl 50, 57 with a no sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. This has been made for Jeff Carr. Uh, he can take the over all day long. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to the point spreads to who will score a touchdown to the over under as we like to joke about around here. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. And best of all, you get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 
Hey, and now that sports betting is legal in Ohio, Locked On has the perfect show to help new and seasoned gamblers get their bets right. You can download and subscribe to the Locked On Bets daily podcast. They have daily picks and analysis. It's available wherever you get your podcasts, just like Locked On Reds. All right, Jeff, let's dive back into this uh, talk of guys we're expecting to uh, have comeback years because we did miss one guy and we didn't miss him. We just ran out of time. Uh, and that is the one and only Jonathan India, who I think yes. is definitely a candidate to have a much better 2023 than he had a 2022. Exactly. And again, this is a health related thing. And, and he played as much as he possibly could throughout the year, trying to play through those injuries, really showing his leadership and his loyalty to the team, which I think a lot of people tend to overlook, including us. We, we were talking at the end of the year, shut him down. But now I understand why he did what he did. He didn't want to come out of the game, and he was showing that he deserves to be in a leadership role. But also, the way that he played, a lot of people said, you know, defensively, he needs to move off second base. A lot of folks wonder if he should be a leadoff hitter. A lot of folks were wondering if he if his rookie year was a was a total aberration and we're not going to see that again i think all of that's wrong i think that he is a fine second baseman i don't think he's a good second baseman defensively but i think he's a fine second baseman defensively and i think that we're going to see that because he dealt with that hamstring issue pretty much the entire year i don't think it was ever 100 healthy after he injured it initially back in may and then of course all the stuff that he had ever you know, with the Field of Dreams game, the compartment syndrome that we talked about a whole bunch and and things like that, like it just seemed like one thing after another, not necessarily because of this one injury, he kept re-injuring that one thing, but it was just like he got hit with so many pitches. I look at this and I say, he's 100%. He's 100% motivated, as we've seen on Twitter here recently. So he's going to come out and he's absolutely going to mash. I think that Jonathan India, like I know, okay, Everybody's like, oh my gosh, Jeff and Steve think that everybody coming back from injury is just going to be absolutely amazing and the Reds are going to go to the playoffs. No, but I think that Jonathan India is going to be better than people are talking about right now. Well, no, absolutely, because if you notice, we're not talking about any of the pitchers. Uh, I have giant question marks surrounding every single pitcher coming off of injury, so that's why we're not talking about them today. They're not going to have these that giant bounce-back years, yeah. at least at least not where I can just go all in on them. But what I know yeah. about Jonathan India is this. If he is healthy and remains healthy for a season, there's absolutely no way he's not better than last year. Listen, folks, last year he was a negative 0.4 war on the yeah. year. That's not going to happen again if he's healthy. A lot of that stems from the injuries. Now, I blame Jonathan India for some of that, for, for trying to power through the hamstring stuff when we all knew, and I told you it was a terrible idea for him to try and do things like that, yet here we are. Uh, and then the compartment syndrome thing was something else that he tried to battle through. And, you know, I guess credit to him for trying to play and, and to be involved with the team. And then my blame shifts from him to the Reds, where sometimes you got to protect these players from themselves. And I think, think the Reds failed to do that. So all of those things combined for a Jonathan India that is not, uh, you know, he is not a negative 0.4 war guy. That is not an accurate representation of the player that he is. And he's not going to be that guy in 2023. If he's healthy, uh, even if he's nicked a little bit, you know, it was a perfect storm of injuries that resulted in him being terrible for a lot. 
Now, here's where I'm going to disagree with you, Jeff. Uh, he is not an okay second baseman. He's slightly below average. Um, he needs to move off that position, especially since we know there are a lot of guys in this organization that can play the position defensively better than him. Now, that's not a knock on Jonathan India. It's just the way it is. Uh, I'm not saying the Reds should bench him. I'm not saying the Reds should trade him. I'm saying the Reds have to put their players in the best positions to put the best possible team on the field. To do that in Cincinnati, it means Jonathan India is the DH or he's an outfielder and somebody else is playing on the infield. And I think if he's playing in the outfield, I think it's left field. I don't think he's got the arm for right field, and I don't think he's got the range for center field. So I, I think you put him in left field because, I mean, it's easy to put anybody in left field if Adam Dunn played there. So <laughs> I think that it's it's easy Jesse to think Winker. of Jonathan India. Tyler yeah, Stevenson well, played in left field. Yeah. I think it didn't Max Schrock played a little bit of left field, but hey, yes, we'll he did. Some, we'll put some respect on Max Schrock's name, but no, when, when I think of Jonathan India anywhere else, I think left field is, is probably the spot because there are so many infielders that are coming up through this system that could easily fill in. I mean, you think of Matt McLean, if he's not going to stick in center field, he could definitely play second base. You know that for sure. So I, I think that, that would make the most sense. The one thing that that I give a lot of um, I give a lot of grief to because I've seen a couple of whispers, and I don't even want to call them rumors, but I've seen whispers of people talking about trading him. And I know that that is like one of those alternate reality type ideas that we've thought of this off season. But I'm seriously putting it into an alternate reality type deal because I don't think the Reds are even considering this idea right now i think a lot of people are looking at it and saying well he had a bad year last year let's trade him again and follows along that faulty line of thinking that okay he sucks let's get rid of him which by the way he didn't suck but i'm just saying like everybody always has this thing like oh he, he's bad let's trade him like okay you're gonna trade him at a low point in his value like that that doesn't make any sense and <laughs> you know that's the thing that drives me crazy the most online is when someone's like oh man I don't know. Let's use Joey as an example. Oh, Joey's terrible. He's old. He costs a lot of money. He's not the guy he was. He walks too much. We need to trade him. I'm like, well, you know, if everything you just said about him is true, who is it that you think is taking on that $25 million contract? I mean, really, <laughs> can you break down a deal for me? Get on the, the trade, uh, get on the trade uh, app and tell me who, who are we getting back? I think that like you're uh, trying to sell a car to somebody. It's like, it's missing two wheels and the engine fell out last week, but I'm going to ask 10 K for it. Yeah, we're gonna give you a good deal. Yeah, it's it's terrible. <laughs> yeah. It drives me it drives me bonkers, Jeff. Uh, but listen, we've kind of we ate into a whole nother segment with this uh, bounce back talk. But there was a couple other things you wanted to try and get to. We've got a couple minutes left in this segment. What did you want to try and get to? Yeah, real quick because we've been talking a lot about Ellie De La Cruz. We mentioned yesterday two guys who have the most approved in spring training, and uh, we talked about Ellie De La Cruz and Brandon Williamson. Wanted to kind of say, like, looking beyond Ellie De La Cruz, because there's not just going to be one call-up this year. There's going to be a lot of call-ups, because this is, once again, going to be a year where the Reds try to figure out where their roster is as they move into 2024, because I believe that's when they start to say, okay, this is where we have holes, this is how we can fill them. So with that, with their performances in spring training, and, and one of the reasons that I titled this the way that I did, this spring training is so important, not just for the bounce-back guys to get ready, also for these young guys to make a case for themselves who is the most likely dude not named ellie de la cruz to improve his stock and train in spring training to the point he either 
could make an opening day appearance on the roster or an, an early season appearance on the roster. Two names for you. Uh, I'll do a position player and a pitcher. I know we're short on time with this, but for me, it's Matt McClain. You talked about him mm -hmm. just a second ago. Uh, he could force this is issue with Jonathan India if he has a great spring and take over second base. He can suddenly find himself being a center fielder and push Nick Senzel. Uh, I think Matt McClain has the biggest chance to be a huge surprise wild card if he can get it together and cut down that strikeout rate and still show some power out in Goodyear. The other guy for me is a pitcher. It's uh, Levi Stout. I think that Brandon Williamson is going to need somebody to push him for that number five starting position. I think Levi Stout is a name that we've been seeing as another pitcher that's just this close to really storming into the conversation. And, you know, the writing is on the wall, folks. There, A rookie is probably going to be the number five starter uh, coming out of spring training. So it's, I think it's up to those two guys unless another dude just really comes screaming onto the scene uh, that's a little bit more ready than we think. I think Levi Stout has the best chance to, to play disruptor to Brandon Williamson's plans. I think I agree with you on Levi Stout, especially, and I agree with your take about a rookie being the fifth starter because I think the the strongest form of the Reds bullpen includes Luis Sessa and Connor Overton. I don't think those guys make the rotation. So with that being said, position wise, I, I like Matt McClain, but I'm also looking at, um, and I just lost the name. Oh, uh, uh, Christian Encarnacion strand. My mind had 13 names going through Christian Encarnacion strand for me showed the power showed the numbers. In fact, and shout out to a friend of the podcast, crazy because he is one to point these things out to me. But if you look at his numbers, his hitting statistics side by side with Ellie De La Cruz, they are comparable for the minors last season. And he is a guy that has pretty solid plate discipline, very good power hitter. I mean, if he goes off in spring training, does he earn an opening day stop? Probably not, but he probably earns a may call up definitely by Memorial day because I think that he is the kind of guy that the Reds could transform a lineup with. You put him in the fifth or the sixth spot and say, go out there and mash, dude, because you're going to be behind Tyler Stevenson and you're going to be in front of some other guys where they're just like, yeah, okay, we're just going to throw this dude pitches and see what happens. Because I, I think that his power could play up to the point that he could get a spot on this roster. All right, and we were doing great on time, and now you've made me want to ask a question on that take. So we're going to run over on this segment now. Sorry. Um, where are you playing him? So does it matter if Votto is back versus Votto is not back uh, for him to have an opportunity? Or if you think he's good enough, do you think the Reds just take him and figure it out? I mean, and if they do that, where do you play him? I think they, I think it's one of those where he's going to force his way onto the roster and they're going to be like, okay, let's see how we can fit him into the lineup. And obviously his two defensive positions um, right now look like first base and, th and, and DH. And I know that Doug Gray has mentioned that his, his fielding gets a lot of flack and he's not necessarily sure why, because he's, he's a bit more average than people are giving credit for. Like they're acting like he's like Pablo Sandoval out there or something. He's not Pablo Sandoval. <laughs> so maybe he's got a shot to play a little bit of third base as well. But I think this is a scenario. We, we always talk about David Bell. Let's get the lineup right. And then we'll figure out where everybody plays. I think he is a perfect dude for that scenario. All right. Well, uh, time's going to tell on some of these dudes. I think that the, the names we've thrown out there are all reasonable candidates, Jeff. Uh, and I'm just excited to see which one of them, which ones of them deliver. And we've only got to wait, you know, 11 more days before people start arriving at the Goodyear uh, baseball complex to get this show rolling.
Yeah, and that's something too. Like I know that with the World Baseball Classic, there's a lot of teams out there that's going to have some key players that won't be playing in spring training games come March. That ain't going to be a problem for the Reds because the Reds are trying to play a bunch of prospects and a lot of very important prospects at that. Spring training is going to be a lot of fun, and we're going to be all over it here on the Lockdown Reds podcast. But you know what we're all over? We're all over questions and comments because those are coming up next. Before we get to those, though, I want to let you know, you can follow us in between episodes on Twitter. You can follow me at Jeff Gar with three Fs. You can follow Steve at S. Offenbaker with two Fs. You can follow the show at Lockdown Reds. Also, make sure that if this is your first time checking this out here on YouTube, thank you so much for watching us and, and looking at our beautiful faces. Well, mine and Steve's. Yeah. But make sure you click that subscribe button and you click the bell to get notified whenever we've got new content for you. Because like we said, as spring training gets closer, whenever pitchers and catchers report, we are going to be back to five days a week. Right now we're in our truncated off season schedule, but that's coming up here soon. We are going to split back to five days a week. And as games get going as well, we're going to have even more content for you too. So make sure that you have that bell clicked so that you get notified when we got some content for you. All right, Steve. I know we've got questions. I know we've let's, got thoughts. Let's do, do it. And, you know, for the audio only listeners, we're going to do uh, some of these and then we'll wrap it up and we'll get you the bonus Friday edition with the rest of the Q&A. For the YouTube folks, when you hear us do the audio wrap, stay right here because we're going to keep plowing right on through all of your questions and comments. Uh, take as many as we can and uh, we'll talk about whatever you want to talk about within reason, poofy haired fancy boy. I'm talking to you uh we're gonna get to all of that stuff and jeff talks about his pretty face on youtube and he's absolutely right people stumble onto this show all the time and they think they found an episode of parks and rec where like andy dwyer has started a podcast so there you are <laughs> all right let's do this quirky picker wanted to make sure everybody knew he was the first one here today thanks chad parks. for being here we appreciate you bo is asking how everybody's doing today in the comments but we are doing fine and looking forward to talking some reds baseball uh mark checks in talking about opening day tickets going on sale jeff uh uh, just a few days away from opening day tickets becoming available i know you and i just had a conversation about this because i'm coming to town folks uh, we are going to be taking great american ballpark by storm so make sure if you see jeff and i out there that first week stop us say hello let us know uh, you're a listener or a viewer uh, we'd love hearing from you guys sometimes people say oh yeah we saw you here or there and didn't want to bother you no come talk to us i love listen yeah. If you can distract me from whatever it is I'm supposed to be doing to talk baseball, you're doing a great job. So come say hi. And like I and like I always say, you know, we love talking Reds and we want to talk Reds with you. So like if you see us out there in the wild, come hit us up. But also with opening day, I just got the word because I'm, you know, part season ticket holder with a group of folks. And we got the word that our ticket allotment is coming in. So I'm, I'm getting excited. Opening day is coming soon. Greg checked in and uh, he thinks uh Tyler or Joey could be the comeback player of the year. You know, we touched on that. And uh, Greg, I think you're absolutely right. I think either one of those guys uh, could be in line to receive that award because uh, either, either one of them uh, are going to have improvement upon last season. If they're healthy, just by default, it's going to happen. So I think either one of them could be in the conversation. The award itself is kind of subjective in its terms and it's kind of hard to predict. So I don't necessarily know that Fandle is going to have a line for that, but I would definitely be in on it if they did have a line on that. Cause I don't think that 
you know, at least in the baseball world, like outside of Cincinnati, I don't think Joey or Tyler would be favored, but I definitely think they should be. <laughs> uh, this next one uh, is a good question, and I'm not going to put it up on the screen because uh, it's a family show. Uh, but the question uh, is, do we think Joey Votto will play at least 140 games? Uh, I think that's probably a bit much. I would see him yeah. coming in between 120 and 135 max. Uh, if he were to play in 140 games, I'd be shocked. I think just at this point with his age, uh, they're going to rest him a little bit more than that. I think we may see him drift closer. Not a straight platoon, but more platoon situations, I think, especially if the goal is to get Tyler Stevenson 140 games or more. Uh, those games have to come from somewhere if Tyler's playing other positions. So some of those games are going to come from Joey Votto. And I think, too, it's always hard to predict injury, but what we know of Joey Votto is every so often he just catches a pitch off a thumb and, and he misses like a week or two. And I, I think that that's, that's reasonable to expect from him at this point. And I, I think that 140 games, I think, plays 140 games definitely winning comeback player of the year but i think it's probably closer to 120 yeah i, I think we we're both in agreement on that hey mark loves my shirt i love this shirt uh, if i can find more cheesy aloha red shirts i'm gonna get them into the closet over there because they're great i think tommy bahama has one that's like 150 bucks i'm a very i'm very tempted to go grab they sell one at the team shop uh, down by the hall of fame jeff that it's about 100 yeah, it's about 100 bucks yeah uh, i think it's a ren yeah. spooner uh, i don't think it's a tommy bahama but maybe oh, it is tommy. a tommy bahama i'm not sure um mark also says that you know he's with us on the Votto take uh, 120 games tops uh, i think that's probably uh, a, a way to go with that all right, for the audio feed, let's wrap up on this one, Jeff. Uh, RJ is asking, uh, who's one or oh. a few of your Dragons players to watch this year? Definitely early this season. I've heard a lot of encouraging reports about guys who are going to end up in Dayton, and I'm looking forward to going and seeing some of them because there's been reports that Chase Petty will be in Dayton. Um, there's reports that I think Cam Collier is going to be in Dayton. Um, maybe later on in the season for him. I think starting off the year, Chase Petty is going to be in Dayton. I think Edwin Arroyo is also going to start the season in Dayton as well. So you're talking about some dudes that aren't necessarily going to be called up in the next two years, but they're going to be huge pieces of the next wave. So we're like in that first wave. When we get to the second wave of prospects, Chase Petty, Edwin Arroyo, Cam Collier are going to be at the top of that list. And, I mean, there's some different guys, whether you're talking about MLB.com, Kylie McDaniel, or uh, Keith Law with The Athletic or something like that, they love Cam Collier. So the moment that he steps foot in Dayton, I'm going to be up there as much as I can. Uh, it's going to be another year of a lot of excitement. I think that their roster was very stacked at the beginning of last season because Ellie De La Cruz and you had Jose Torres and you had Reese Hines and you had Joe Boyle and you had – Connor Phillips and all those guys, but there's another way. We're just going to see what the second wave of talent looks like this season in Dayton. Have you heard any speculation as to what they're going to do with the catchers? Are uh, Bayouhin and Nelson moving up, or will one of those guys be down there in Dayton to start the year? I think um, I think we might see Nelson in Dayton. I think Bayouhin is either going to be double A AA or triple A. But it's just Nelson has has had it rough at the plate over these last year and a half or so. So I think that they're still going to try to work with him about the way that he approaches each at bat. But I, I think that we probably see him begin the year 
there in Dayton, or there's the other guy, and I can never remember his name. It's a catcher named Tanner. He's actually higher rated than both Nelson or Veoheen, but I think he might be in Dayton as well. So there's there's definitely going to be lots to watch when you're talking about the Dayton Dragons this year. All right. For the audio feed listeners, video guys, YouTube folks, stick around. We're going to keep right on going. But for the audio feed, we're going to wrap that right here. And then we'll be back in your feed a little bit later today with a bonus episode that has the rest of the Q&A. But for this episode, for the audio feed, uh, that's going to wrap up this edition of Locked on Reds. Uh, next week, we'll continue to get you ready for spring training. We'll be talking about the storylines, the rumors, and the transactions as we lead up to that February 14th start of camp for the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, now that you made Locked On Reds your first listen, go make Locked On MLB Prospects your second listen. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going to give you all of the information on the Major League Baseball stars of tomorrow. It's the Locked On MLB Prospects podcast, just like Locked On Reds, and it's free and available on all podcasting platforms. Uh, until next time for the audio, folks, uh, we're going to be back in your feeds, keeping you Locked On Reds every single day.